Welcome to RPU. This is Saratoga Best. We are to number part two of um, what is Tafshin Pei Aleph this coming year, this year that we just started. What is it all about? Seeing visible wonders, unbelievable miracles, but it comes from a certain constriction, darkness, and so that's where all that unbelievable light is all contained in darkness and we're really asking for a year in which we don't have to do the darkness but if the light comes from the darkness just go straight to the light you know we sort of earned the darkness part and the extraction of the darkness over thousands of years of Jewish history so we're done and now what we're asking for is Tafshin Pei Aleph 12 as the Rebbe is going to bring out that we should be able to see these wondrous miracles right away so please, God. So what we're trying to find out, and this is part two, is where are they coming from? Where have they been stored? And if you listen to part one, you'll hear about the challenge of the buffer zone if you're going to bring materials over from Manhattan to Brooklyn, and there's no means of getting them over this the Hudson River for various reasons, and what do you do? There's a big focus on this buffer zone. So we're focusing on the buffer zone getting godliness down from the higher places to the lower places to bring Mashiach. And it's a, a distance, it's, we call this buffer zone Af, Aleph Pei, turn it around, it's Pei Aleph, Tashin Pei Aleph, and we're going to explore it a little more. So, what's Gullus all about? At the time of Gullus, there's added even more darkness. Besides being in this world of Asiya, and then Asiya, besides being in the world of Asiya down here in the lowest world, in this very low or kind of grub physical world, a world that's so low that there's nothing lower than that, and the darkness is double and double and double darkness and very deep concealment, the concealment of Hashem's light, double and, and again, double again, and it gets stronger. So, um, What's this all about? Remember, the buffer zone is what makes this concealment so strong. Hashem is visible up there and even a little lower than that. And then all of a sudden, there's this buffer zone in which he's concealed. And now we can understand that this concealment, this buffer zone, this interruption, it shows on how far the lower level is from the higher, from the level above it. You know, there's 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2... And one. It's basically a completely a difference. It's, you know, a very huge difference. Is that good or bad? It's good. It's bad, but it's also good. In this, because in this physical world where you have that buffer zone before it, there's something that's brought down that's so much higher that much higher than the revelations in the world of Yitzhir and, and Bria. So, they're stuck at the buffer zone. But the buffer zone, because it's there, it enables there to be much higher revelations in this world. So, um, okay. Um, and what happens down here? the whole purpose of creation, that Hashem wants to be here in this very, very lowest world, it comes through our deeds, our very kind of low, concealed actions in this dark world. In Gullus, 
Or we say it in the words of the above. Remember, we're looking at the word af, the buffer zone. The, the idea of gullus is emphasized in the word af. Af has two extremes. Afasisis, remember, erasis, yitartis, afasisis, four things there. There's the world of Bria, there's the world of Yatira, Grasis, Asisis, um, yitartis, af, then there's the buffer zone, Asisis, and then there's the world of Asia. So, that means the af, and I even made it, that buffer zone, shows on how much lower how much a distance there is between the first two and the third one. And how extensive and expansive the fourth level is, you know, that buffer zone. It says in the Medrash, the following, in Eicha Rabba, Laku Ba'af, as it says, Afani Eilech, Ambikari. Okay? They even went with them when they got into impurity. Yeah, down here in kind of a really concealed place. I was with them. I was even with them when they went into their impurity. Af, there we go. Because remember, we're just going to keep looking at lots of times where the word af is used, and it's really going to imply something that tells us about what this year is going to be about. And then we are comforted. Let's go, we're distanced by the word af. You know, I even distanced. I even went with you when you were in your impurity. means you went so far off, but I even went with you there. So that means it's really reminding me how far off I went, but that even when I went really off, you were with me. And that means the word, the word off here, what is it making me think of? Wow, you even came with me when I fell into my impurity. That's a comforting thought, and that means you will again and again. The af, the af, as it says, the af comes from and the word af, it says also in the chukaisai, the af. Here it is again. So whoever is writing down, we have now af asisiv. That was the first one of af, and then lakub af. Um, even when you fell into not impurity, I was with you. That's the second af, and then there's another af. As it says in Bukhukaiser, and even this when you were in the land of your enemies. And even when you were in the land of your enemies. Here's another as. And what does that mean? The word as means a not very good thing. Even, you know, even when you were in the land of your enemies. So it means you ended up in some really grungy places. When you came to the place of Sitra Akwa, you kind of, you somehow managed to fall into these kind of not great places. Gimel Patru Ba'af, as it says in the Kote Torah. Lekach Okay. So there were different places. There's three Sukkim in Tyra where it starts with the word Af. It says Lakuba Af and the Af Atem, the Yosebaris, and Af, even when, oh, I'm sorry, Lakuba Af means Afani Elachimachim, Bikirbi. Even Af, I will go with you when you're in impurity. There's one Af. Then another Af is, um, 
the Afghan Zoysbiyashin, and even this when you were in the land of your enemies. Okay. And that, there's another one, um, a third one. Afasisis. So they start with the word af. Um, okay. Af. So af is, this word af, is adding this fourth letter, which is very high, because when you purify this af, you've got this buffer zone that you have to deal with, essentially. And when you're dealing, remember, you're trying to get stuff over to build from Manhattan to Brooklyn, and you just can't get it over the buffer zone, which is, in this case, the Hudson River. So what are you going to do? you got to do some work on the Hudson River to make it a conduit to get the stuff over. So this word ah represents that buffer zone that you have to get through. And so this ah in the world of Asiya, this place, and remember, ah means also anger. Through the beer, when we are purifying the the lowest elements, we're transforming the dark to light, and we're purifying the darkness, then what do you end up with? The fourth level. The fourth level is us in a positive way. You end up with the fourth level. So again, I would say, you know, you have three worlds. Rhea, Yatira, Asiya, and then you have the buffer zone between them. So what does that mean? Af chachmasi amdali. Even my chachma, also af, my chachma stood for me. Torah shalomadzi v'af nischaimadzi. And the Torah that I learned, the af, I guess, stood for me. It it stood there for me. As it says in the Kodei Torah. Because you're changing the letter a little bit. So also, maybe this also, the nose of Hashem became wide and he became angry. So the af of Hashem denotes when Hashem is not pleased with us, essentially. So, so what is this all about? And does this refer to, I'm not sure, the Torah that I learned, that I learned with my nose, with my sense of smell, maybe. I'm just going to say personally. That sense of being able to intuit Tyra and get to the point where the Tyra that you're learning is not any longer in your head, but it's in your bones and it just becomes your basic download. We have all been trained to have, um, to kind of smell with our nose certain things, whether they're true or not. We've been trained in this generation. An example would be, if somebody says, you know, in the end, I don't think we have any control over whether things are, are good. Wait a minute. We kind of, we know the smell of something that has the right scent, which is, think good, it'll be good. That has the scent that we're looking for, the fragrance that we're looking for. So we can even judge Tyra with, with our sense of being able to t- detect a fragrance. So the Tyra that I learned with my, I guess, um, with my nose that I really could sense that this is true, it stood for me. Okay. Through the O, when you really um, take on this yoke and you really work on yourself to purify your animal soul, 
just emphasize the advantage of doing stuff in learning Tyrus. Okay. So now we're going to understand when we're in a situation, we're going back to the original story that we spoke about in the other recording. Yehuda standing in front of Yehuda, the Jew par excellence, the son of Yaakov Avinu, the Jew, standing in front of the ruler of the civilized world, and it's a showdown. Who's going to win? And Yehuda does it respectfully, but he doesn't give in. He stands up to his full height and shows his full power of Hashem's power. And it turns out that the enemy that he's facing, the leader of the civilized world, ends up becoming his ally by revealing that he he says, well, guess what? I'm really actually your brother. I'm your ally. So in this story, picture ourselves in this story, and what happened after that? Paro, through his representative, through Isis, gave us the whole land of Mitzrayim. He gave us the key to the land, which happened to us last week, uh, which was, as the President of the United States handed the key to Washington, the big, probably gold key, you know, the key to Washington to Netanyahu, Bibi Netanyahu, the political uh, representative of the land of Israel. Shliachab, given bracha supposedly by the Rebbe, to do his work, to gain his position. So, this representative of the Jew, the Jewish, the Jewish land, is given the key to Washington, the key to the superpower center of the world. The key to Washington means the key to the civilized world. I'm giving it to you. I'm, I am the representative right now of the civilized world. I'm standing in Paro's place. And I'm giving you, the Jew, the representative of Yaakov Avinu, the key. You now have the key to Washington, which means you have the key to the United States, which means you have the key to the civilized world. You have the key to the world. I'm giving it to you. And when that key is given... This is the same thing that happened a few thousand years ago, over 3,000 years ago. More than that, you know, before Matan Tyra. When we came, So the representative of power, the representative, the leader of the civilized world said, take the best, you have the key to our land. Gaishan was the key to the land of Mitzrayim. And Mitzrayim was the key to the whole civilized world at that time, the whole settled world at that time. So we are giving you, Yaakov Avinu, the key to the world. Only at that point in history, over three and a half thousand, some three and a half thousand years ago, it was a much more preliminary stage. The three and a half thousand years of the Veda were at a much more advanced stage of ready for the Mashiach. And as, as the Rebbe says here, it's a preparation for Geula. 
goes in a way, we're talking about then, with Yehuda faith, you know, in Egypt, goes in a way of slavery. Then we were given the best of the land, but we were slaves. So take the best of the land, live there in peace for a few years, and then you become slaves. So it was a very short, it was a moment in history in which we were, it was a moment of the future injected into Gullus before it got really bad. So before it got really bad, we had this brief moment of you are, you have the key to the land before you become our slaves, before you go into slavery, before you go into real Gullus. And so that emphasizes the strength and the unity of, of us, of the Jewish people with Hashem, that even despite the difficulty and the slavery in Gullus, we stood strong, the Tychus, in full power, in doing the Tus completely. So physically we went into slavery, but spiritually we never did. And that's where the split-off began. They gave us a view, they gave us a sneak preview of, of, of Geula, and Hashem did by showing the nations will be subservient to you, give you the best of their land. And then, boom, now we're going to have a split. Your bodies are going to, physically, you're going to go into slavery. Spiritually, you're going to become more free than ever. But that one is done, and now we're at the point where physically, we have to be out of slavery, and spiritually, and emotionally, and psychologically, and in all ways. The, the slavery part was done. We're at a different point in history now. So turning the darkness to, to light, this is the whole point of Gullus. It's turning dark to light, that the Gullus will actually turn to Geula. This is emphasized in the situation of Gullus in Parshas Vayigash. Then, in Egypt, that at the time of the Gullus, we still, the Jew becomes, became the Balabayas, the leader of the world, Adoni Ha'aret. But Yehuda, stood up with his full strength and said, this is what we need. And he accomplished by standing up to his full Jewish potential, his full godly potential, he affected, he created that Paro, who was the iron fist ruler of the world, said, I will give all the best of the land of Mitzrayim, this is the whole civilized world, to you, it's for you. And we received a chuzah b'neitiva art. We received a portion of the best of the land in a way of a yechazu And we were given it, and we settled in it, and we we multiplied ma'id a lot. We multiplied and were fruitful ma'id a lot. Ma'id meaning infinitely. We stood in our full. We stood. We stood in our true place. But at the beginning of the whole process. Now we're in. So Yaakov Avinu, the Jew, lived in Mitzrayim, in the land of limitations, 17 years, the best times of his life. And so, we weren't missing anything, except that we were in this, we were still, you know, in Mitzrayim. And it was it was a foretaste of turning the Gullus, the shrine, into Gula for us. 
And so, this situation at the time of Gullus prepares us to transform the Gullus through the Gula, through the true Gula, when we will see in a visible way that every limitation of Gullus, us, you turn us around, because remember, us is the denotes Gullus. There's a buffer zone that you can't get across to pull the truth into, to pull the best stuff into the place that's lacking. To pour the, pull the riches, the spiritual and emotional riches into the poor place, you need to go us. You need to go through this buffer zone. That's Gullus. You can't get across the buffer zone. You know, gee, I would go there, but I can't get across the border. I would go to Israel for Sukkot, but I can't get across the border. That's Gullus. Us. Why aren't you in Israel? Oh, I'd love to be in Israel for, for, or let's say they would like to come here. <laughs> they would like to come here for Sukkot. But, us, but I can't get across the board. Buffer zone. That's color. But turn it around. It's because there's that constriction to create a wideness. Every constriction in this year is really designed to create a wideness and expansiveness. And then we could say that every constriction this year is in truth an expansiveness, but you need to go up to the higher frequency to perceive it. As it says, Af in a positive way. The, the multiplicity of the fourth level. The physical world where Hashem wants to be, but in a very expansive way. Where, because a person wants to live in an expansive way, in a place where he feels comfortable, and then he feels expansive, and then his das expands. And Hashem, the same thing, he wants to be down here in an expansive way in this physical world, and then his das, his understanding of truth, will expand, so to speak, and so will ours. I guess when it means he will expand his under his, his experience of truth to encompass us so that we will understand truth as well. Our dot. Our being able to take everything we've learned and it becomes real in everyday life. And that's one of the reasons why when Yaakov Avigin lived in the land of Mitzrayim, the land of limitations, that even in the time of Gullus, a Jew becomes Balabayus, a leader of the world, a Dania Aris, and he receives help from the countries, from he receives help, assistance, from the countries that he lives in to be the leader of the world. That's what's happening today in America. We need to be, but leaders of the world mean leaders of Hashem's representatives of the world. Not fighting Hashem, Dr. but but literally in synchrony on the same frequency as Hashem to be and shluchim of, of, shluchim of Mashiach himself to lead the world to truth in a way that but the best of the land is given to us in order to do our job to lead the world to Geula. And so here the Rebbe is saying, because this is the last generation of Gullus and the first of Geula, what's emphasized here even more is the preparation to turn the Gullus 
through this, a taste of it, um, to Gaula. Because being close to the end of Gaula, we come to a situation where Yechid Yaakov bears Mitzrayim, that Yaakov Avinu lives in the land of Mitzrayim. That's us. We are Yaakov Avinu. Where do we live in the land of Mitzrayim? The superpower of the world. Here we are. And and as we get closer to the full Geula, then the more we transform the Gullahs to Geula. And this all has to do with Yaisav Atzadik of our generation. The whole thing hinged on, at, in the story of Egypt, that the leader of the world, the ruler of the civilized world, Paro's representative, in truth, he looked like a Paro. But he really was Yaisav. And it was because of his strength of being Yaisaf that he was able to give all of this to the Jewish people. He had the wisdom to lead the generation. He was the one who made, he brought down the blessing from Hashem. And he had the wisdom from Hashem to lead the country wisely. And so all of this that we're able to do now comes through the Yaisaf Tzadik of our generation. Yosef came down to Mitzrayim. And our Yosef, Yosef Yitzchak, came to this half of the globe, Malchus of Chesed. We're in a country where it's the opposite of being run after and chased. It comes from the Malchus of that. Uh, in other words, oh, the Friedrich Rebbe came from a place where you couldn't openly practice Judaism. Russia. And he came to this half of the globe. The place where you can. And his lead was leading the world from here. And even more after his Hispalkus, that we're in a situation of a Yechi Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu Lomei, Mazar B'chaim Afu B'chaim. And he's more in the world than ever before. And especially after 40 years, where we have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand, and especially, and this year that this was said was the year of Shnasnissim. It was after Shnasnissim, and we were entering the year of, we were in the year of Nifla's, and remember, Tafshin Nun Aleph, and now we're in Tafshin Pe'al. And at that time, we saw the Nisim and Nifla's, the miracles, at that time, including about um, that country in Russia, which suddenly opened its borders, had a coup turn completely the whole, the Iron Curtain fell, which is the biggest miracle. And the Yidden were released. And then they became our allies instead of our enemies. They were actually our worst, they were very terrifying enemies for many, many decades. And they turned into our allies, just like that. To come from constriction to wideness. That even that also in the land of Mitzrayim, the last seconds of Gullus, we should have the Yisri Yaakov. And all of this, and we're going to see now, all of this, because we stand close to the Gula Mitzvah in the words of David Malcolm Meshecha, Naim's Mirat Yisrael, the beauty of the, or the sweetness of the Zmirat Yisrael. This is Mizmar Peitech. That time, when the Sikha was being said, this was the Rebbe's capital in Tehillim. That was his age. So he was saying the capital of Peta, 89. And what does it say? 
Karati bris l'bchirai nishpati l'david avdi. I made a bris. I made a covenant with my my chosen people, with the hidden. That's what Hashem says. I made a bris. I made a covenant with you. And I nishpati l'david avdi. And I, I, I swore myself. I made a, an oath with David, my servant. With Mashiach. I made a bris, says Hashem. I made a covenant with the Jewish people. It's what it says in Kapitel Pei, Test 89. And not only that, I found David, Natasi David Avdi, B'Shem and Kachi I found David, my servant, Mashiach, and I anointed him with my holy oil. And at the end of that Kapitel, it says, Baruch Hashem L'Aylam, Amin V'Amin. Re'eh, B'Yesha Mashiach, Al-Kach Natan, Pre'yesh Lashem. Look, this is B'Yesha Mashiach, and so we're going to thank Hashem. So what does this have to do with Tavshin Pei Aleph? And here's the footnote, because the footnote is referring to this capital of Pei Tess. Sometimes when everybody's going to say Tehillim, um, they divide the whole Sefer Tehillim, which is 150 chapters, into a day. There are 30 days. Sometimes you divide it into a yum. There are five, uh, sorry, six. Okay, so, six. so you divide it different ways. You know, you say this much, I say that way, that much. One other way to divide Tehillim is 10 chapters. I say 1 to, 1 to 10, you say 11 to 20, you say 21 to 30, you say 31 to 40, you say 41 to 50. 15 people divide it up. If you divide it up like that in 10s, then 15 is such, you have 150. So 15 people get together, me 1 to 10, you 11 to 20, etc. 31 to 40, 41 to 50, so these chapters we say. So each of these 10 represents a certain, uh, a certain group with a certain energy. So the group of the 80s, the chapters of the 80s, starts with 81 and goes to 90. When you're saying, I'm going to take chapters 81 to 90, that's the group of the 80s. Interesting that it starts with 81, 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87, 88, 90. So, for instance, if you're, now, one other concept, if you're 35 years old, what chapter do you say to into Hillam that whole year? Chapter 36. You're into your 36th year. So it already has the energy of the 36 rather than 35, where you're going to. Last decade, when we were in the year 5770, 5771, 5772, we were in the decade of on the way to the eighth. Now, we're in Tafshin. We just started the decades of the Tzadik. Tafshin, Pei Aleph, Pei Beis, Pei Gimel, Pei Dalet, Pei Hei, Pei Vav, Pei Zayin, Pei Ches, Pei Tes, Tzadik. We are now in the group, the decade, coming to Tzadik. This group of ten chapters of Tehillim, of ten numbers, ends with Tzadik, which I guess would tell us we're on already in the energy where a Jew can be, be a Tzadik, which was not possible. You had to be born a Tzadik to be a Tzadik. This is just my thought, based on what I've heard in some different speakers. But we are into the Tzadik, the Tzadik decade now. The end of the story is Sitkus, righteousness. Hasn't been like this 
We haven't been in these tzaddiks for a hundred years. And a hundred years ago was a really, very, very different situation. Tough Resh Pei Aleph. Thinking what was going on then. Oh, right. Well, what was going on a hundred years ago? Tough Resh Tough Pei in 1920 was when the Rebbe Rashab left the world and the previous Rebbe became Rebbe in Tough Resh Pei. And it was the height, the beginning, the real beginning, the worst part of the communist regime. In those ten years, Tough Resh Pei Aleph, the Tough Resh Tzaddik, a hundred years, years ago, were terrible years. It was really the worst in a way. Although Stalinist years really got much worse in the 30s, but we're talking about the 1920s. The 1920s were very painful years where the main um, thrust of the opponents to Hashem were in Russia. And they went specifically after the previous Rebbe. In 1920, when the Rebbe Rashab left the world, a few months before he left the world, in Tafresh Pei in 1920, I guess it wasn't called 1920 yet, Tafresh Pei, which would become 1920, because we start the year in September and they start in January. In that year, before that, of, of the Rebbe Rashab, there was, there, there was a, everything was illegal. You couldn't have pushkas, you, could, you couldn't give tzedakah, you couldn't have public gatherings, sounds kind of like this, you couldn't have public gatherings, you couldn't do things together, nothing. Everything was illegal, sounds like this year, right? Very interesting. <laughs> when did it become illegal for us to gather together in shul? Starting Purim. That year, Tafresh Tafresh Pei, Purim Katan, the Purim before, like a month before, it was big for bringing. And in that big for bringing, um, the Rebbe Rashab said to that everybody should gather together publicly, and people were terrified because it's not like with us you get a fine or whatever you do, or you know you're told to go home in quarantine, but you know, shot by a, a shooting squad, taken off this, you know, sent off to Siberia. It was pretty bad. And that was a pivotal for Brangen, Tafresh Pei, Purim Katan, through, in which this, the Kuntras that we have is Tafresh, of Kuntras Purim Katan, came out of that, that gives us the strength to go through all the opposition with all the enemies, enemies to Kedusha, Pulling from the time of Mordechai at Sadiq Purim, pulling from the time of Purim, when we were targeted for for extermination, God forbid, at the time of Purim, and saying the real story of Purim, and it didn't happen, and a great miracle happened. So Purim is a time of great transformation. Every the the, the enemy turns into the the enemy gives up his enemy status. But here we are. So it's Tafresh Pei a hundred years ago. And the Rebbe Rashad said, we are going to gather together. And the KGB, the NKB day came in. And everyone was terrified. And the Rebbe Rashad said, I hate them. I hate them with everything that I have. 
I cannot be in this world with them. But he said, we will not be afraid. The NKVD came in. They looked around. They were told, then they came, and they said, okay, we'll come back later, which was completely miraculous. And the amount of self-sacrifice and serious nefesh that was demanded at that time was unbelievable. And it really ushered in an era in which, you know, a couple of, a few decades of, number of decades of tremendous self-sacrifice by Yidden to stand up for the truth of Tyre, even if they were killed, even if they were, were going to be murdered, and many were for that, which is not what's demanded today. They knew that they could die al-Kiddush Hashem. And the Rebbe Rashab at this point, as Tafresh Pei said, I hate them with everything that I have, cannot be in the world with them. And a few weeks later, he left the world. And based Nisan. Nisan, the previous Rebbe, the Sifla Babacha Rebbe, became Rebbe. And this all happened to Tafresh Pei. And then that began a decade on the way to Tafresh Static, which was, as we said, the worst decade where the previous Rebbe was Rebbe, and the 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 terrifying Masiris Nefesh that was required from Yidna at that point is beyond, beyond unspeakable. And, of course, that's the decade in which the previous Rebbe was imprisoned for spreading Tyra, was finally captured, and eventually had to, in 1927, in Tafresh Pei, eventually was forced out of Russia. All of this is happening in this decade. That was 100 years ago. Tremendous, tremendous self-sacrifice for the truth of Tyre. And here we are 100 years later. Similar decade, but none of that, please God. Now what we're going to do is reap the benefits, reap the fruits of the labor of those 100 years since then and add our own mysterious nefesh, but not in a way of having to die out Kiddush Hashem, God forbid, but live Kiddush Hashem, please God, in great miracles. So, so again, so we're saying that since the Rebbe was referring to his chapter in Tehillim, which is Paytech 89, he said we're in this decade, we're in this decade. This, I'm just saying this was this was a few years. This was 30 years ago, but was wasn't the year Tafresh pay test pay Aleph. It was just it was the Rebbe's 89th birthday. So he said my capital, the capital of the year is pay test 89, and it's in a series of 10 that starts with 81 and goes all the way to 90. Starts with pay Aleph and goes all the way to 90 to Sadik. So what is it? Peytes starts with Peyalif. What is Peyalif? Says the Rebbe. Peyalif is the letters Af. We just heard about Af. Af is the buffer zone. If you could only get across that buffer zone to get from holiness, you know, to bring all the benefits of holiness, of Geula, down here to this Gullah. We could only get across the buffer zone. That's the buffer zone, the Af. But if you turn, so how do you get across this buffer zone? What if you turn the letters around? Well, that's ridiculous. Oh, you're going to turn the letters around and all of a sudden you're going to get across the buffer zone? 
you have a river, the, the Hudson River between Manhattan and Brooklyn. You can't get the materials over from Manhattan to Brooklyn because of the kind of materials and there's no venue to bring them across. So just turn the letters of the word around and everything works. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. No. Of course, there's a whole spiritual avida that goes along with turning the letters around. Af, so pay Aleph. We're now in the year Tushin. Pay Aleph. Pay Aleph, remember, is in the decade that will end, that goes all the way to, you know, pay base, pay gimel, pay gal, pay hay, pay vav, pay zayin, pay ches, pay tes. Pay tes is about, Hashem says, I made a covenant with you, with my Jew, with my people. And I promised myself to Mashiach, David, my servant. And I've anointed with him with my holy oil. So this is no longer a hundred years ago. We've already had an anointment. We've, we're, we're all at the end of a covenant where the time where the one who made the covenant with us wants to stand, stand up for that covenant and not stand behind the scenes and be invisible. He now wants to be visible. So if you, how does it become visible? Turn the words off, Aleph Pei, into Pei Aleph. Which means that you're turning the off from a negative to a positive. Off to Pei Aleph. What does Pei Aleph stand for? Plus Eren. What is, I will show you, Tafshin Pei Aleph. I will show you Plus. The main emphasis here is on that you see with your physical eyes, her enu, the truva nira you see the plus. We will see Pelas this year. Open miracles. Of course, because of the hundred years that we went through and all of that self-sacrifice, we've earned the ability to see these wonders. Um... And, and by the way, some of the other things here is if we're dividing the Sefer Tillim into 15 parts, maybe it connect, corresponds to the 15 Shiramalas in Sefer Tillim, and there were 15 Shiramalas steps in the base of English. You just keep going up higher. And we're talking about not just in the situation where we're constricted, Rahman Islam, but we're talking about a situation of... Um, giving thanks to Hashem. In other words, how do we turn this, how do we turn this negative off, this buffer zone where you can't get across the buffer zone to bring good stuff over here? Well, turn the letters around. We, the buffer zone can be a good thing. It doesn't just have to be a constriction. The buffer zone can be a pause. You know, things are happening in life, and then there's a buffer zone. There's a pause. And in that pause, that buffer zone, you fill it up with thanking Hashem. Lahabdil, in the world of healing today, it says that if you want to change, we started on this a couple of days ago, if you want to change your brain circuitry to be more on the lookout for positive things, not to be so addicted to always seeing what's wrong. One of the things you do is, when something good happens, you don't just, oh, great, okay, that was great. 
but you pause and you breathe it in, breathe in the gratitude and breathe in the experience and even the physical experience of what good thing just happened to you and just take it in for 15, 20 seconds, pause on it. You create a buffer zone. You know, just keep on going. Stop. Buffer zone. Pause. Pull it in. Savor it. Experience it. Let it go through all your cells. And then let it go. And if we do that with each positive experience, what happens is if we take the off, the buffer zone, and, you know, create a buffer zone, just pause on the good experience, hold it for 15, 20 seconds, hold it in. And then go on to the next step. We start to redo the circuitry in our brain so that our brain starts to move from the average American kind of ain't it awful, noticing what's wrong all the time because of the the addiction to noticing what's wrong, to an addiction to noticing what's right. Start to change your brain circuitry. Through what? Through the off, buffer zone, the pause. So the buffer zone can be a good thing. And then, um, when we're looking at the words pay, the pay aleph, which is Rashitavis plus Arenu, Tafshin pay aleph this year, I will show you, you will see plaois, which is obviously higher than nifla'os, as we said at the beginning. There's a pella, a very high level of miracle, but nifla'os and plaos, plaos are higher than nifla'os. Nisla us is more passable, passive thing. But cloth is probably uncovered, open, much, much more raw miracles that you now don't need coached so much in little niceties, but you can take them openly, you know, the real thing open without the covering, without all the wrapping paper. Kind of like a raw pella rather than a pella all dressed up in a wrapping paper, which we had 30 years ago. And we had very great miracles 30 years ago with the Gulf War and the fall of the Iron Curtain. But then an unwrapped miracle, an unwrapped level of pella, which is Hashem's very deep, intimate, secret place, is to be a vessel for that. And for that, you have to have that buffer zone in which something amazing happens. You pause. You create a buffer zone, you pause on it, and you sit on it, and you breathe it in, and you experience it, and you let it permeate your whole system and every molecule. And then you go to the next step. It's not just keep on going like a machine. That's what the quarantine was. So just going in life and then pause. 11 weeks. For us, it was 11 weeks. Pause. Pull in the experience of what we've been going through for the past 100 years. Reflect on it. Think about the struggle, the pain, and all the goodness and all the miracles. Pull it in. Think about everybody in your life and what your life is all about and what the master plan is. Pause on it. That's an us. That's a buffer zone. And pull it all in. That was the pause. That's a positive thing. And then we know as soon as we finished with that buffer zone... You know, boom, the world went into relative chaos, which is 
another purification stage to empty out the world from its old approach of I did it, it's my might that created it, it's my skill, it's my, rather than in God we trust. It's God's might and skill. It's miraculous and he has given me the merit to be able to create it. So for the world to come to the next level of Geula, recognizing this is not me, this is Hashem operating through me, that required a pause, an us, a buffer zone, so that we could get to, from us to Tla'os Erenu, to seeing these deep, incredible wonders from Hashem, His very deepest essence. If you pause and integrate first what you had before, to be able to do that. And as we're going to see Tla'os this year, one of the things we're going to need to do is continue to put the af there, the buffer zone. Take it, stop, look at it, pull it in and internalize it. Sit on it. Breathe it in. And then move on. And here the footnote says, and maybe we could say, that the capital of Peites, um, in it, you have the word af five times. I don't have the chapter 89 of Tehillim in front of me, but it has the word af five times. And what is it? And I'll look it up in a second. What does that mean? It shows that you're transforming the af of Gullus of Paro, because he's the source of all the Gulluses, the fifth level of, to the fifth level of Paro. He's like the low, he's the lowest of the low. Real anti-Kedusha, anti-Holiness. The transformation to af of Kedusha which is the fifth level of Paro of Kedusha, the highest level of Kedusha, which is called the revelation of the greatest light, the transformation of the lowest to the highest. And so, um, and again, all of this is derived from 30 years ago. Lamed, Limud, learning. 30 years ago, we have a lesson from 30 years ago injected into now because the Rosh Hashanah of that year was Hey Tafshin Nun Aleph, Hayat Hey Shnat Niflas Erenu, and now we're Hayat Hey Shnat Plaas Erenu. So to end off, uh, we're going to tell the famous story of a simple villager who went to the Baal Shem Tov, ran after him, didn't know in his siddur what to daven first and what, what you say and what you don't say on what particular day. And this was a big siddur and it, he didn't know what to do with it. And uh, he was and different. Uh, he was shown, put a piece of paper here and here and here and here, all these different pieces of paper. So, you know, now you say that and then, then you say that and, and everything was set into order. And um, somehow... And he, he was running and all the papers flew out and now he was back to square one. How does he know what to do? How does he know what to do? And I, I guess he said, I guess it was the Baal Shem Tov. He saw that he came to a river and the Baal Shem Tov, uh, threw his gartel on the river. If it was the Baal Shem Tov, threw his gartel on the river and walked on the gartel and got across the river. Remember, we're talking about a buffer zone. And so this simple yid saw that. So he took off his gartel and threw it on top of the water and he walked on his guard when he got to the other side of the river. When he came to the other side, he was asked, how did you get here? And he said, I saw the Sadiq throw his guard on the water, walk across, and he, so that's what I did. And therefore, he was told by the Sadiq, <laughs> okay, so therefore, your davening 
uh, job in the way you want. <laughs> um, meaning you clearly have such clear, simple faith and a simple connection with Hashem that and uh, you'll do fine. And so what we're seeing is really someone who, um, he didn't even know, like Lahabdil, they said about the Wright brothers, the Wright brothers didn't know that you can't fly a plane, so they fly it. They flew, fly it, they flew it. So we're in a year now when we're really being asked to step into miracles and belief and to step into miracles in a grounded way and a responsible way. We have a world to live in and a world to run and things to do. And at the same time, to have kind of a very simple faith in the plus, in that level, that connection with Hashem. Hashem puts his garter and walks across the river, so to speak. We can do the same thing, that the impossible becomes possible. And again, we're not just making this up the whole world. The whole non-Jewish world is, 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 is talking, is, they've been talking about this reality for 10, 15, at least 10 years of the impossible becomes possible and you jump into realms that you couldn't jump into before. It's not, you know, it's, it's no longer as kiddush, but the whole world is kind of living this way. Believe in something that you can do and go for it and do it. Obviously, you check with, you know, your reliable mashpia mentor, is this a safe, healthy thing to do? And then, and then you, you believe, believe that the impossible becomes possible if this is something that Hashem wants you to do. So this Yid, he just knew he needs to find out how to daven. So he sees someone walking on top of the water. He figured, well, that's what we do. We walk on top of the water if we have our gartles. And again, what's the idea of the gartles? The gartle is the, that a man wears to enable him to daven to Hashem to really separate his more, um, worldly instincts from his more godly instincts so that he can be elevated rather than be, you know, kind of being look, be looking up more when he's davening rather than being kind of pulled down to his more worldly instincts. And so this gartle, which really creates that separation, this gartle is that us, that separation between upper and lower. All the things that we're talking about are this us, this separation, this buffer zone between the higher and the lower. We all are living with this buffer zone of, well, this is my dream, but, but, and there's the off. Can I do it? There's the off. There's the buffer zone. Can I do it? How do I, how do I get across the river? The off, the river, kind of the, the, this buffer zone that I have to get across. So we're going to be dealing with this buffer zone all the time. The gartle is what creates that part, that buffer zone. You know, there's my, my spiritual half and my physical, my spiritual half of my life and my physical half of my life. And the gartle separates the two. The sash that the man wears to David separates the two. So with this sash that is the separation, this gartle, this, this, this gartle, this separating sash that he wears when he's going to pray, when he's going to daven, he threw it on the water. It represents a reality that separates the two, that separates the two so that everything about us can be holy and we won't be dragged down. So this separating sash he threw on the water and it became a miraculous sash. It became something with which the limitations of the world were no longer in his way. He walked across the water on this gartle because it, it, it is that thing that's created in the world not to separate so that, you know, you have two realities, but to separate so that, so that the lower realms don't, don't, don't rule the higher realms, but the higher realms rule the lower realms. 
it's really a separation for the purpose of connecting higher to lower. Its, it's real purpose is not to separate, but to connect. And that is the whole purpose of the us. And here we see the Rebbe taking this us, and maybe this could have been the year Tafshin Aleph Pei, in a way of off of lots of separations and between holiness and between good and bad and pleasant and unpleasant and please God not. And the Rebbe is pushing very hard for it's Tavshin Pei Aleph, the connection. We will experience and see these wonders. It's not Aleph Pei, it's Pei Aleph. Transforming and what we're transforming the, the, the dark to light. And what we need to do, it looks like, is in every positive situation, and hopefully we will experience many during the day. You pause and you create that buffer zone. You pause, you take it in, you breathe it in, you pause on it. You become cognizant of it and then you, and then you move forward. You're, you're creating connections rather than, than separations with this pause. It's the pause that connects, not the pause that separates. It's the pause that connects. It's the river between two places that connects them. Rather, the river between two places that that separates them. Just like the Nasi Hadar, he's called a Mumutza, an intermediary, a Mumutza Mechadar, not a Mumutza Mastik, meaning he's an intermediary that connects us with Hashem and with our potential so that it's one piece. Us, Hashem, Rebbe, Nasi Hadar, Mashiach, Kaira, all one piece. It's totally connected. It's a glue. It's a connection. It's a seeming pause, seeming something in the middle that connects the whole thing rather than separates the whole thing. So that's what we were, were in this world to do this year, to pause to connect to Hashem and connect the whole world to Hashem. Take a, sort of take a moment, connect to Hashem, connect everybody that's surrounding us at that moment with Hashem, and surely we'll see the miracles of be able to walk over the water, defy the laws of nature because the laws of nature were not created in the end, in the Shia's time, to, to separate us from Hashem, God forbid, but rather to connect us with Hashem in the, most, in the deepest way and not get in our way. So may we find that in the basement of the Shishlichi immediately now.